give us some like rated R Marvel uh, heroes and make the Marvel heroes like like uh, like give us one more Daredevil movie. Why not? Give us like a give us like a Punisher movie. Give us like because at, my theory is that if the adults are not fucking with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then they 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 not gonna bring the kids. Yeah. Uh. I lay on the sky. You gotta glow. You gotta glow. You gotta glow. She had my attention. She gotta know. I'd welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Gather podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode I have Devante Jeffries to speak about True Comics. If I want more information about True Comics, by clicking the link in the description below. I'll just take a content warning for Sean Lane Reviews in the episode, and I hope you have a nice day, and enjoy the show. So, welcome to the podcast. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Um, I guess, should I, should I like start with my name? Yeah, you can introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Devonte True Jeffries. I am one of the greatest uh, sci-fi fantasy writers. Top three, top seven, top three, top seven. I want to be like, you know, those like J. Cole Twitter posts in like 2015, like, yo, I'm going to be the greatest. And in 2022, he's like, boom, I, I want this interview to be like one of those interviews. <laughs> but um no, yeah, I love sci-fi. I love fantasy. Um, our flagship comic book is True Society, where in the year 3033, heroic whistleblower turned noir detective Kang Sambo. Here's a piece of bread. Um, <laughs> Kang Sambo is uh, on the case to clean himself of guilt and shame, along with the goth intern Ruba, as they expose their final conspiracy that will change the beyond in True City forever. So this is definitely, if you ever seen uh, The Matrix, if you ever played video games like Metal Gear Solid or like Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas, or even the old school Fallout games, then this, this book is definitely for you because it's pretty much about people who've been through tough stuff, but are still standing. Like the main character, Kang Sambo, he's definitely, um, he's in his late 40s. And the only reason why he's being a superhero to begin with is because he's being blackmailed. So he's like, oh, fine, I have to save the world again. But he's not one of those superheroes that like uh, beats up his supervillains and takes them to jail. Like he'll kill them. Like, nigga, I'm in my 40s. I do not have time for this comic book shit. I will kill you. Like, I do not have time to play. And it's the goth intern Ruba that definitely, def- like, from an emotional perspective, definitely, like, I guess, gives him his humanity back and says that people can change and that it's, it's okay to go the extra mile. You know, stop doing the bare minimum. I'm saying whatever prejudice people have against you, that's their problem. And that's that's a problem with their mindset. And so they're definitely like a yin and a yang. And, and they 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 support each other. And I love 
taking this in terms of true comics. I love taking a spin on comic books because if you ever saw, for example, taking a spin on comic books, that movie Logan. Yeah. Logan was, I don't think it got any awards. It, it, it could have. I mean, it got an award in my book. It got the People's Award. So, um, one it 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 was Wolverine is obviously a superhero, but he was dealing with relatable shit. Like he was, first off, he was like very very angry with the world and maybe angry with himself. And as time went on, and that's relatable to a lot of people. Like most adults get along with villains because they understand how bad shit can change people. And it's changed Logan at the start of this movie. And he deals with like relatable shit. Like, um, um, before I continue with this whole interview, <laughs> I wanted to say viewer discretion is advised. I am not a politically correct person. Uh, I'm not a politician. I'm an artist. And I'm going to just speak what I speak. So in terms of Logan, he was dealing with like um, suicide. Like when, when his daughter finds the gun and he finds an adamantium bullet and Logan was like, bro, I've been alive for centuries. I saw slavery, bro. I don't want to live no more. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh shit. Or maybe that one scene when Professor X died and he feels like it's his fault or when he's burying uh, his mentor and best friend and professor, he has a fucking panic attack. Like, I love seeing superheroes go through relatable shit and triumph in the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have, I have like an issue with like Superman and, and Tony Stark where they're just perfect and they can't do any wrong. And it's I mean, like, Tony Stark isn't perfect. He's like the antithesis of like Captain America, because Tony Stark, well, in the co- in the movies, they didn't show it t- too well, but the comics, he has like alcoholism. Yeah, he had to take over, so he has like, and he's an arms dealer who churns. So he's he's more of a person who's trying to right his wrongs compared to like yeah. Captain America, who's like built perfect because he wants to be that ideal. But he takes steroids, so <laughs> like, bro, chill. So, <laughs> um, what else? Uh. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Like, speaking of that, Marvel is going through this strange phenomenon where people are catching on that these superheroes are all the same. And it's it's starting to get a little bit odd. It's starting to get a little bit strange. Like, um, but I wanted to circle back to Iron Man 2. If I wrote Iron Man 2, they were kind of teasing yeah. that he had an alcohol challenge that he was dealing with. But this is Disney. Like, little kids are watching this. Yeah. So they're not going to go that far. So if I had the freedom to play with the gray area of that topic, I would I would probably write, like, maybe Pepper Potts is walking in and she sees Tony drinking. And she's like, do you know what time it is? Or, like, these these little, like, teeny tiny yeah. details to where maybe the kids don't get it but the adults get it or like but yeah moving on like i really i don't blame marvel for doing what they're doing because if it ain't broke why fix it 
but now the problem is people can see the cracks now yeah so like like the memes with mr fantastic being an idiot that's just bad writing that's just bad writing right there like oh there's this one meme i didn't see the movie though it's just the memes cancel culture speaking of memes cancel culture is in memes like the amber heard memes she's canceled (laughs) it is what it is um but then again if she can land a movie that's amazing she'll be uncanceled like um what else what else um hmm this is I love this conversation because we could just take it anywhere we want. Yeah. But, um, in terms of, I think like Marvel is in two steps right now. They're, they're in the rebuild when they have to go all the way back to 2008 when they have to introduce everybody to these characters. Yeah. And everybody's like a lot of people who are who are now new paying attention or just now mm-hmm. in the new feeling like, oh, this is something new. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they're trying to keep momentum and start momentum again at the same time. And then with the, the um Mr. Fantastic. I also think like they found a formula that works, and the people when she found a formula that works, people catch on. It's hard to like um, what you would call it? I mean, it works for the kids, yeah. but it's the adults that's paying for these tickets, though. Yeah. So I, you're gonna have to. But then again, you know, uh, I'm not a businessman. I, I don't. I, all I do is make art, and people <laughs> shoot arrows at me, and I get love from from both sides i actually get love from the industry and love from the people and the people that have a problem with it they're just going to fade away <laughs> excuse me um but what was i saying about that uh yeah i'm not really a businessman so i think whoever's in charge of that they need hmm I think my rough theory is that they need to focus on more like obscure superheroes. Like, you know what? Give another Ghost Rider movie one more time. Give one more Ghost Rider movie and make it rated R. Because they, they had Ghost Rider from the um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so we'll probably take him, that character. That was cool. That was cool. But he was in and out, though. Yeah. Like, they they, they could have done a little bit more with him. Um Give us some like rated R Marvel uh, heroes and make the Marvel heroes like, like, uh, like give us one more Daredevil movie. Why not? Give us like a give us like a Punisher movie. Give us like because at, my theory is that if the adults are not fucking with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then they they. They're not going to bring the kids because unless the kids got money, you know, I don't know if they, they need to start selling candy on the, on the two train or something. But anyways, um, I I just, I just love storytelling. I love storytelling and I'm a big fan of Alan Moore, um, the Watchmen, um what else be for vendetta but mostly the watchman the watchman was my favorite um rorschach is my favorite uh comic book character of all time next to spider-man um what else uh 
Yeah, Frank Miller in The Dark Knight Returns, when like Batman actually King Sambo is inspired by like Frank Miller's Batman. Like he's in his early 50s, late 40s. And I'm not playing with you. Like I'll really, I'll really kill you, bro. Joker, we've been doing this for 40 years, bro. I might kill you tonight. That's it. I threw a batarang in your eyeball and all that. Like this this gotta finish. But uh what else? Um I feel like uh, uh I feel like like the grizzled superhero is somebody I think that's more realistic because mm-hmm. like a fight against like this is like good versus evil, that's always gonna be happening. I think I said this on a different podcast, like there's always gonna be that one person who's gonna be evil or that one influence, someone mm-hmm. who's always gonna think different. Mm-hmm. So then when you have to constantly fight and you know your your lifetime is not gonna end. There might be times of peace, but it's like the fight against evil is not going to end. So you're going to eventually be like, okay, I'm tired of this. Can you explain that in another way? I don't, I don't know what you mean. So like how um, you see how like the Batman versus Joker that been going on for like 40 years. At some mm-hmm. point, you're going to get like, okay, this is this isn't going to end. And then yeah. somebody, but if you take out Joker, somebody worse is going to come. So then, mm-hmm. you, so then it's like, okay. It's just gonna it's just gonna keep going. It's gonna keep going. I'll find a new form to come out. That's what I mean. Like good versus evil is always gonna be a battle, no matter what. Mm. Okay. They actually explained that in the killing joke. Where I think Frank Miller wrote that too. Where no, I think Alan Moore wrote that, where he said exactly word for word what you said, like, bro, one of us is gonna kill each other, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it's an allegory towards, my opinion is that it's an allegory towards uh, drug addiction. Like, for example, you cannot do this forever or this will kill one of us. And then the Joker looks away and he thinks about what he says and he says, no, I'm sorry, it's too late. It's far too late for that. And then before the scene ends and the cops arrive, the Joker says one final joke. And this is when it gets interesting in the book because in the the camera angle, we see Batman approaching the Joker and we don't know if Batman kills him because the camera, we don't see, we just see these two shadows like doing something with each other. And the theory was that Batman killed the Joker to put him out of his misery. But my theory is Batman gave him a hug and that the Joker started crying. Like that would, that would have been, that's just my theory. I don't think cause Batman doesn't kill, you know, and he's like an expert in psychology. So he, he's always trying to find the best solution despite the circumstance. And I think that Batman would have gave him a hug than to strangle him and kill him. So definitely watch the movie version of that. It's really good. The killing joke is so good. It's so good. And the, the allegory that he used for that was very interesting because I think that's the best way to handle, um, uh, drug addiction is is understanding mm-hmm. 
and 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 love not oh you know i'm gonna make you do no no you don't make people do anything you have to give them that empathy and that freedom and that understanding and that's what a real superhero is but that it's but that idea is not my idea that's from alan moore and frank miller like they're a good writer is someone who gives new thoughts, new ideas, no matter the circumstances. People think, hold on a second. People think Alan Moore is a weirdo. That nigga's crazy. That nigga's a genius. That nigga, Bill Gates, they think the same thing about Bill Gates. Oh, that nigga's weird. That nigga's da da da. That nigga is a genius. And, a probably a genius who's been through a lot, but who cares? He is a genius. Um, so speaking of that, some of my inspirations are like Kanye, Pharrell Williams, Eminem, XXX Tentacion, uh, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. Um, what else? Um, hmm, DMX. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, Jay Dilla, uh, Tyler the Creator, Childish Gambino. Pretty much, if you're, if society thinks you're a weirdo, I support you. <laughs> you have my full support. Because it's these so-called weirdos that make the world what it is anyway. We have the most money, we have the most influence, we make the culture, and yet... You know, it's, 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 what is it? I, I watched this video called 85% of people are followers. 10% are, the 10% of people are creators who know how the world works, but they're not telling anyone how the world works. So they can just keep making money off of them. And then the 5% are people who saw the truth were traumatized by the truth and that they feel that they have this righteous obligation to show people the truth. But the thing about the truth is the truth can be traumatizing in of itself. So they kind of like, or they try to, they try to banish these people, kill these people, slander their name. Um, you know, they try to do it with like, let's say Galileo, for example, I think he was a five percenter where he said, hey, you know, the sun doesn't move. The earth is just on an axis. Oh, oh, you can't be doing that. You a bitch ass nigga. You a bitch. You a real bitch. You know what? You should leave this country or we're going to kill you. And it's like, damn, I, damn. All I said was that the sun does this and the earth does this and we're not in the center of the universe at all. Oh, fuck you, nigga. You bitch ass nigga. You lame as fuck. You bitch. We're going to kill you. And it's like, I, I guess I'll leave. And then who knows how much longer later they said, oh, he was right. Um, let's put him in. Let's have a class about him. Let's put him in textbooks. They did the same thing for the writer for Dante's Inferno when he was critiquing Italy and their influence, uh, their influences coming from Greece and Latin culture. Hey, mom. We made it. How y'all doing? <laughs>
but yeah. So it's socially awkward. So I don't know when to speak or when I'm talking too much or when I'm being too quiet. So I have a question. So why do you like why do you like storytelling? Because I'm socially awkward, actually. <laughs> um hmm. I I didn't know how to talk to girls until I wrote a romantic story, actually. And I practice like characters flirting with each other. And I, I know this sounds very odd, but I didn't become a better speaker until I became a better writer. And I got into storytelling because this is a really good question because um, hmm. how did I get into storytelling or what do I like about storytelling? I said, why do you like it? Because for me, I try to storytell, but I'm not, that's not my skill. Hmm. You sound like a good director though, because you ask good questions. Like, what does this mean? What do you mean by that? How so? Um, yeah, I like to learn, so I like to see why. I'm very curious. Well, in terms of why do I like storytelling, it's I I, I hmm. I mean, for me, when I say I like math, that's maybe because I'm good at it. Until when oh. I was younger, I was able to. Um, I got a good feeling, so my brain. So like over time, I just. Stay stuck to it, so then that's why I say I like math because it gave me a good feeling. So, oh. I, yeah, I think that's my answer too. Storytelling gives me an amazing feeling. Uh, it doesn't feel like work when I do it. Um, I love sharing my own philosophy through my storytelling. Um, I love like making superheroes more like us than they are Superman or Captain America. I love showing the realities of humanity via story storytelling. And uh, I started off as a, a theater major. I was an actor and off Broadway, off, 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 off Broadway. And I didn't, I see why. I didn't like the politics that came with being an actor. And it's more about the people you know than the actual talent. Um, most, no, I don't want to sound petty or bitter anymore, though. Um, uh, because I was about to say that most writers are not talented. It's it's just it's just community. It's just networking, and and that's okay. That's just the law of nature. It just it is what it is. It's nothing to be mad about anymore. Though, uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I I like storytelling because I get to create these worlds. And of course, I'm sure you've heard a generic answer like that. I get to create these worlds. Though it is an exhilarating feeling, there's this strange phenomenon, for example, with writing, 
where you'll write something and then something in the universe makes that real. So for example, I'll write a scene where a character died in a school or something. And then I'll look at the news and it'll say, breaking news, child, school shooting, you know? And it's, it's very scary how magical wording is. It's very scary. Now, I'm not saying I caused the school shooting. I'm not saying that. I am saying the things that you write, if you focus your brain on what you wrote, it, you're going to spot things like that in this reality, in this dimension. Like, say, for example, I want my bank account to go from $3,000 to $4,000. And I put that, I write that on the wall and I keep looking at that. And I think about that nonstop, 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 nonstop. My brain is going to focus on opportunities that will bring my bank account from $3,000 to $4,000 and strange phenomenon will happen. It, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's int- like, you'll like, for example, someone from my job got fired and now they're saying, Hey, do you want another opportunity at work? Do you want to work a- another day where instead of me making like $500 a week, I'll make $600 a week. And it's like, and it's all because I wrote something down and I focused on it nonstop, almost like a psychotic, delusional way of looking at it. Like, I'll, I'll focus on something and I'll focus on something nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Like, I have certain, like, notes on, on, um, not a billboard. I have, uh, yeah, a board, like, yeah. Yeah, and I'll just write what what does it say? Finish chapter. Oh, I can't say that the industry might cancel. Um, uh, what else? Um, practice clean hygiene and exercise. Now I've been doing that just nonstop, 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 and um. Yeah, and a strange phenomenon will happen. I have another one that says learn 3D modeling, uh, character design on like Unreal Engine 5 or something. And then I'll scroll on YouTube and it'll say how to do 3D modeling. Like the, your brain can be your biggest tool or your biggest enemy. Take advantage of your brain. And that's through writing, like writing certain goals. And I know people have said that billions of times. So what I'm trying to do is say it in a way that people will get it. People will get it. And that's actually my pet peeve. Another reason why I love writing is that people understand my storytelling more than they understand me, which is interesting because I'm like a really cool person. And I've had so many people say, wow, you're actually not a weirdo at all. You're really cool person and you're really smart i'm just socially awkward bro and i love uh storytelling because it helps me cope with life it's always cool to have a passion that'll help you cope with the natural challenges of life 
There are people that love to sew. There are people that love to do soccer. There are people that love to do to deal with the stresses of life. I think it's very important to have a passion. Though circling back to why I like storytelling, it's I love how magical it is. How you can write something and it can be real. Like it's it's a strange phenomenon that every writer talks about all the time. It's almost like a, a running joke. Like I wrote this scene where the character breaks up with his girlfriend and I broke up with my girlfriend. It's, it's, it's almost downright scary because I write rated R books and I'm like so excited about tomorrow and what what's going to happen. But but yeah, that's why I like storytelling, the magic behind it, pretty much. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got like 13 minutes. Have another interview to go through, so I'm gonna um, ask you last couple of questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I always ask people, what would your origin story be? And that's, by that, I mean like a story about yourself. So, like, it could be a fake story, or it could be like a story of how you got to where you are. Then, how would you like to represent it? So, if you want to make a movie, TV show, anything like that, and then what would you name it? Uh, first off, I would name it. I told you, nigga. I told you. <laughs> I told you. And it would be about me just getting. <laughs> See, I'm afraid of saying certain words and it'll be real. Um, but the movie will be called I Told You So. And uh, <laughs> it's so arrogant. It's so narcissistic. Though it would be a documentary about. Uh, true true comics making their first video game and we're just getting like so much like we're getting love from the people though we're getting like a hard time in the industry because oh if if we let him in here what if he exposes us that's an insecurity on on your part nigga i'm not tmz anyways um yeah it would be a a movie about us making our first video game, our platinum hit video game, and the industry is giving us a hard time, but the people, they they love us. They love us. And at the end of the movie, we win. And the last line is I look at the camera and say, I told you. Yeah. I mean, with arrogance, Ali was arrogant. Ali would say the champ is here, and I'm the best, I'm the greatest, and he would be we were like rapping before rap was invented. So mm-hmm. and over time, he became the people's champ. Like, so history, depending on the person, history is kind to the arrogant. History is tied to the what? It's kind to the arrogant. It's kind. History is kind to the arrogant. Depending on the person, yeah. Oh, depending on the person. I mean, because like Ali, he he was able to like survive, and now who else was like arrogant like that? Who's well, yeah, at least like the first ones I can think of, like when you say things like "I'm the greatest," "I'm the best," so it could be. I'm so pretty. I look like a girl. <laughs> you cannot hit me. That was cool. That was yeah. cool. Okay. Um. Hmm. I mean, the the movie would. Be more focused on my team than mm-hmm. yeah um because it's not 
about me. Like I write comics and I write stories for people who've been hurt and are still standing despite the challenges. And I think that those are the most strongest people on earth for people who survived what anything that they survived and are still standing like you have my full support my full respect you know what i'm saying and like like i love you like it, it's it's i i know oh you're not supposed to say hey yo you gay as fuck bro uh i love you bro when was the last time you felt appreciated and you felt supported you know what i'm saying and it's like I want, I write books to break society and build it again. It's pretty much what I like to do. Like, and one thing that I am scared of is our ideas, because it's not me. It's, it's, I don't know how to draw, you know? It's, it's, it's shout out Iris Illustrates, shout out uh, Eno Sheasel. Um, Shout out person dot zero 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 two or Raish. I like to call her like sure writing is awesome, but who's gonna draw it? And I, I think their vision is way more important than mine's. And these people need to get their flowers before it's too fucking late. And I'm giving them my flowers right now. I wish I should have invited them to this. And I need to plan out these interviews a little better. Though, uh, um, I want to make make it about them because it's a team. I hate it when people say, oh, you know, I did it by myself, bro. I was in the trenches, bro. I did it by myself. No one believes me. You narcissistic psychopath. You did not do it by yourself. I hate it when musicians say that, especially. You do not know how to make beats. You do not know how to mix and master. You do not know how to use a camera. You do not know how to edit videos. You do not know about marketing. You do not know about distribution. You need a team. Your team makes you great. You know I'm saying, and I'm not gonna mention any names. You know, I come on, but you know, you know who you are, bro. Once you kill your entitlement, you will be rich. Nice. Yes. Once you put this, this sounds illogical, but once you put, once you give other people money, you will be rich. Money is not a logical thing. Money is an emotional thing. People who don't have their emotions in check probably don't have their money in check. And I've been that way. I know what it's like to be this emotional wreck and I just just my money just just wasn't where, where it could have been like it is now, um, despite me living in my mother's house. <laughs> um, once you master your emotions, you will master your money. Once you care about people and put, hmm, Love people and use money. Don't use people and love money because you will lose money. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. That's it. So where can people find you? Um, you could find me on 
Well, hmm. I'm trying to make it easy. You can find me on Instagram at true.comics.only. Uh, you could easily DM us anytime, uh, or you could check out our website, which is in our bio. When I said DM us anytime, we have a Discord server where you could play video games with like the artists, you could play video games with like the writers, you could play video games with like the team. And uh, we like to just talk and share art and, and share resources with one another. It's about us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The people come first. There's no more water. <laughs> but just thank you so much. Thank you for um, having interest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best <laughs> podcast. Come on now. <laughs> that brings another episode of the Let's Get a Podcast to a close. Again, you can find more information about True Comics by clicking the link in the description below. For next week, I have Wendy Nash to speak about the art of introspection. Hope you're doing a nice day, and I hope to see you there.